0: Welcome to Night Shift, episode 26. Mike Stubbs and Kyle Grimard with you. You can find Kyle on socials at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980. Leave us a review wherever you're catching this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find us at globalnews.ca and 980cfpl.ca. The London Knights are coming off a 7-3 win over the Kitchener Rangers, getting set to play Owen Sound and Kitchener. We're going to talk about that. We are also going to hear from Easton Cowan and Ryan Winterton on the show today. Ryan Winterton joined the Knights, had yet to play a game because he'd been rehabbing an injury. So he's basically, Kyle, packed in the preseason training camp, I suppose, Uh, Maybe some off season workouts and then one half of the season into about two and a half weeks. It is wildly
1: impressive from where he has come. And I remember when he was brought over, everyone was asking questions like, oh, like, you know, how's he been doing so far this season? And our answer is, we don't know. He hasn't played. He's been hurt the whole time. So he then forced everything in. Like you said, he jammed it all into about a week or so span, got the news that he was coming to London played I think four days later after the trade was announced and then has since then been trying to play catch up with everybody. We've seen it from players, whether it's in the national hockey league or whatever level you watch, if they miss an extended period of time, when they return, they often don't look like themselves. And it takes a little bit of time to catch up. Even if you miss a week or two weeks, it takes time to get back up to game speed. Ryan Winterton Hasn't been at game speed virtually all season. And he's had to do it all on the fly with a new team, new coaching staff, new regime. And you're slowly starting to see him round into form. One of the biggest points, Mike, and I think you can attest to this as well is his ability to to protect the puck and be strong when he has the puck. He is awfully difficult to knock off the puck. Once you can tell, once he gets going, and I'm starting to see that a little bit more, his shot, his release, his timing, everything is starting to come and and we saw it
0: earlier this week goal and two assists against the kitchener rangers so kyle think about all of the things you've just outlined right there you've just set out a good 100 meters worth of hurdles <laughs> for ryan Winterton. and all the things that he's had to overcome and as he's been overcoming those things he has three goals and three assists for six points and six games not bad if that's you catching up to speed so Ryan Winterton Yeah you bet Here is Ryan On what this all Has been like Yeah well It took
2: me a couple games I think And um, you know I think I'm good now But um, yeah It was kind of a Bit of a learning experience The first three games Kind of Felt a little faster than I expected, um, but now it's starting to slow down for me. So um,
0: it's been good. That is Ryan Winterton of the London Knights who came over with Ryan Humphrey, who has also had a great start to his Knights career. I'm going to remember his goal setup of Ruslan Gazazov against the Guelph Storm for a long time, where he spun backwards, absorbed contact, and then saucered this little backhand pass right to Gazazov. He's got five points in seven games as a member of the London Knights. And Kyle, if we go back to Tuesday night and the game against the Kitchener Rangers, you saw the Knights get back to doing a lot of the things that they had been doing well. And I still mean it. We're going to look back over that little three-game blip that they just had, and we're going to look at that and say, that's a period where you have to adjust some things. And they did it. We saw some new looks on the power play, and it cashed in for two power play goals. We saw Zach Bowen pick up. Another victory, so he keeps riding a a hot streak that he's on personally. He's got a shutout streak now that lasted 98 minutes and 38 seconds before it was broken. And as a goaltender, tell us this, Brett Brochu, number one in the crease, didn't have to back up. He got an entire night off. What does that do for a goalie?
1: Well, we've seen what it does for a goalie when it doesn't happen. Just a year ago. Repro shoe was ridden quite hard by the London Knights organization. And you've talked to him a bunch. If you ever hear him in an interview or talk to him, he wants it. He wants every single start, every single game, which is a great mentality, but it's not realistic on the body. You look at the national hockey league today. There is not a goaltender that starts 65 to 70 games. You think maybe a goalie gets 60 starts, but a lot often more, you know, more often than not it's between that 50 to 55 start range while you're back Plays about 30 games. That's a good balance back and forth because one, it causes a little bit less injury risk. And two, it keeps your number one goaltender, in this case, Brett Brochu, fresh down the stretch, making not only the push to the playoffs, but once you get to the playoffs, It's Brett all day long. And you saw him after he came back from injury. You know, he wasn't back up to speed and he just, he had reached his limit and now a healthier season. He's bounced back after a slower start as well. And it is just, it's such a nice luxury as a team, knowing that you've got a guy as your quote unquote backup goaltender and Zach Bowen, who's been spectacular this season. He's come up big. He made a ridiculous pad save. It was the OHL save of the night. Um, There were two guys in front. I don't know how he stopped it, but he had some sort of spidey sense in the back of his head to just know to kick his leg out and make the save. But having a goaltender in Zach Bowen that you can legitimately throw in on the road against a, a, a Kitchener team that had just broken a win streak and is trying to get back
0: into the swing of things. And you can go in and get a huge victory. That's huge for a team. Watching the game, I wonder how many people, and there were a little over 6,000 inside the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium. I wonder how many people watched that play from afar and thought, oh, that was blocked because nobody could have stopped that as a goalie. But no, his leg comes flashing out and makes the save. Really impressive start. For Zach Bowen once again and the Knights get a big victory and these were two teams Kyle that needed victories and before we get to the Kitchener Rangers and how things are looking for them because I think they're one of the most fascinating teams to watch down the stretch let's talk about one more player from the game against Kitchener and that's Easton Cowan he opened the scoring He closed the scoring and was part of this massive penalty kill shift in the third period. The London Knights had been up in the game 6-1. Landon Sim put them up 6-1. Kitchener managed to score two goals, one on a shorthanded penalty shot and then one on a power play, and they've got a power play that can put out NHL pick after NHL pick. It's a scary thing to look at. It's not really clicking the way it should be right now. They tend to, it's almost like watching an NBA half-court offense. Everybody's trying to go one-on-one. But in this case, they ended up with a goal that tightened it to 6-3. And then the Knights were assessed two penalties on the same play, a five-on-three power play, and they killed off all two minutes. And Easton Cowan and Denver Barkey and Oliver Bonk were a big part of that. Here is Easton Cowan on his night in full. The first goal, the last goal, and a huge shot block on that penalty kill shift in the third. Isaiah George, nice job to get away from Mashar of the Rangers. Here come the Knights into center. Bit of a two-on-one. Cowan with Julian Cowan it shoots! scores! Easton Cowan!
2: George made a good play to get it up quick, and then Craner gave it to me, and then all of a sudden I kind of caught it with the corner of my eye. The guy fell, so I think it was made have been a three-on-one, and I guess I just trusted my shot I guess I got a bit lucky posting in, I think it was.
0: I don't know. Your shot doesn't have a lot of luck to it. Your shot has a lot of skill to it. Let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to the five on three. three back at the right point. Now high slot. Sets it up for Pinelli, and a big shot blocked by Cowan. And that ricochets to center. Oh, he just gave himself up. What do you remember from that? Maybe even before you had to take a big hard shot off the body. Yeah, you know, it was pretty cool. You know, me,
2: Bonk, Barricks, a bunch of young guys out there, and it was good to have that Dale and, you know, Dilly and he trusted us out there, and we just stuck to the system, and, you know, it was pretty cool to clear pox, and we had to keep staying out there, but I think that was really good for us, and, you know, we're happy for Bo to pull that one out.
0: You had the big shot block. Where did it hit you?
2: Uh, it actually didn't hurt at all. It just clipped me, like, right here. Uh, uh, my right ankle didn't really hurt, but I guess
0: I kind of got lucky it didn't hurt. And then on the empty netter, No one seemed to know where the puck was going, except for you. To Jilkin, right side. Danny Jilkin sets up our Curry. From the right point, moves into the middle of the blue line, shoots. Blocker save made by Bowen. No one could find the puck. Here is Cowan. He has it across the red line. Empty net. Cowan scores! Easton Cowan, second of the night. 7-3 for the London Knights.
2: Yeah, well, the boys always chirp me for being, like, an empty net specialist, so... I guess uh, he just tried to hunt for it, and then I just saw it come over my head, and I saw no one else moving, so it was kind of like it was like a dead puck almost, but then picked it up
0: and put it home. Easton Cowan with the empty netter. I like how his teammates bug him that he's always able to hunt empty netters and get them. It's just because he reads the play so well, and that puck was flying up in the air. The only person who knew where it was and where it was going was Easton Cowan. Everybody else is still kind of looking for the puck. All of a sudden he's in center ice at the red line and putting it into the empty net. So he gets double digits in goals. Landon Sim hits double digits in goals and that, secondary scoring. That's what you need. And the Knights certainly had some of that against the Kitchener Rangers. We'll talk about Owen Sound and the second game, the rematch against the Kitchener Rangers. But Kyle, I want to talk about the Rangers because I really think they are so interesting the rest of the way. This is a team that was in eighth place and they made a move to acquire a player. And it was a move that you normally see a team that's in first place or second place or third place make. And then they made moves to acquire more players. So in the end, you get Francesco Arcuri from the Kingston Frontenacs. He's a draft pick of the Dallas Stars. You get Leighton Moore, who's a dynamite defenseman, is an overage defenseman, very smart, very offensive. And you get Danny Gilkin, who is a draft pick of the Winnipeg Jets. So these are major additions to this team. You also got Mitchell Martin back from injury, And then they add in all of the other players that they have, like Tomas Hamara and Philip Mishar. And they also have some young players like Carson Rakoff, who has had some real hot points at times in this season. And you've got a really good roster. You've got the goaltender who won the OHL championship last year in Marco Costantini and Marcus Vandenberg, who has great numbers. He's from Dorchester. So, Top to bottom on this roster on paper, things are looking good. But as they were making those last moves, they were in ninth place out of a playoff spot. And heading into the weekend, the Kitchener Rangers, after the Greyhounds ended up with a shootout win over Sudbury, are five points back of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds for the final playoff spot. And Kyle, you think, and this is a a fun game to play in the NHL too if you're a fan, you think, well, my team, they're only five points out of a playoff spot. No problem. They can just get hot and they'll just make that up, but it isn't as easy as that. No, it it definitely isn't because I, you think what a
1: lot of fans, you know, put into context is, Oh, like if there's, let's just take it 17 games left. And you want to at least have a winning record of nine and eight. You probably need to go roughly 10 and seven. Well, not only do you have to go 10 and seven just to keep up with everybody else, but everybody else is also going to be winning at roughly a same rate because those teams are also in a playoff hunt. They up their game. They play a little better, better. So instead of going, let's just say, you know, nine and eight or 10 and seven, you're probably looking at a team having to go 11 and six, maybe even 12 and five the rest of the way. So you've really got to not only keep up with everyone else who's in contention for a playoff spot, but you've got to go above and beyond what every other team is doing to leapfrog them. And that's five points. Three points is even even a tough stretch, especially if you're the team chasing.
0: Yeah. Well, let's break down Kitchener because here's what we would look at for the Kitchener Rangers. This is their scenario. They're chasing Guelph and Sault Ste. Marie. They are five points back of both of them, they could say, Hey, we've got games in hand. Boy, do we have games in hand? We have four of them. No problem. But you (laughs) must be six points better than either Guelph or Sault Ste. Marie. You can be five points and then you would be in a one game playoff, but Nobody wants their season to come down to a one-game playoff if it doesn't have to. So expect Guelph or Sault Ste. Marie to go about 500. So both teams have 17 games left as we record this podcast. And you said it, if you're in a playoff hunt, maybe you play a little better. Let's give them 9 and 8. Let's say both of these teams have established themselves as just under 500 teams. Let's say they go 9 and 8 the rest of the way. That means they would finish with 57 points apiece. What will it take for the Rangers to get to 58 points? Well, you use the numbers. They would right now have to go 12-9 and the rest of the way. Again, that's doable, 12-9. and But then you look at this weekend for Kitchener. This is why they're fun to watch this weekend especially. They play Ottawa at home on Friday. Then they go to Sarnia. So you're looking at Ottawa, the number one team. You're looking at Sarnia. After they have loaded up, they're scary. And then they go to London, third game in two and a half days on Sunday afternoon. If you don't get a win in those three games, you have to go 12 and six the rest of the way. You've been playing at a 459 clip, you'd have to up that to 666 hockey. That's a lot to ask. Yeah. And that's
1: now all of a sudden you've changed the entire mindset of, oh, we've actually got to win this number of games. No, you've got to up it by about two or three, if not four games to not only keep up, but like we mentioned earlier to leapfrog and Kitchener right now is in that chasing point right now. as they Like you said, they said five points behind and, you know, Kitchener is just coming off a stretch where, you know, they won, what was it? Five or six straight going into the, the holiday break. They come out of the holiday in a break. Row. Then yeah. they lose seven in a row. So it's those big swings hurt you a lot that they can help you when you're winning, but you can't be on both ends of it. You can't go six, six in a row and then lose seven in a row to start. And this is after they made all the moves. So they made all the moves. They went into the head, the, 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 the break. Then they came out, then they lose seven straight. Now you're really behind the eight ball. And you know, we saw this, with Kitchener last year. We talked about this on after the buzzer, which is our post game show. And Kitchener last year came on at the right time. They snuck in as I believe the seven seed in the, in the Western conference, they ended up taking out London in round one, they ended up going on to the second round as well. And they were a very scrappy, very good team, but they had also added when they were on the fringe playoff spot. So this is not, you know, unforeseen territory that they've been in, but they need to be careful and they've got to start winning games now.
0: That's it. And they know it. And every time they go out, just like they did against the London Knights. They felt they were ready. They have the firepower to do it, and it just didn't happen. The Knights got a great jump on them, and good on the Knights for doing exactly that. So fascinating team to watch the rest of the way, the Kitchener Rangers. Kyle, let's line up this weekend for the London Knights. They'll be taking on the Owen Sound attack, and the attack are a tough team to handle because for a long time they've had – these smallish, quick players like Cedric Gandon and, and Denny Gore, and they can burn you. And then you've got Colby Barlow, who is just a goal-scoring machine and continues to be in his second year. He's the captain of the Owen Sound Attack. What a tremendous player he is, and his career is its just going to be fun to watch unfold. So they have this dynamite offense. And then Dale DeGray, who's a very shrewd general manager, builds teams very, very well. And he's really crafting this one. You noticed Owen Sound didn't make a lot of major moves at the trade deadline. They are looking toward next year. And Dale DeGray has done something that the Knights do quite often, where you kind of pick a point in your head, where you're you're certainly competing, but you're picking a point in your head. And you're trying to build toward that point. It's how they created the team of the century many years ago. And it's how they've built teams that have ended up winning other championships along the way. You've got to have an eye on this is when we really want to be at our best. And Owen Sound has started to do that. Earlier this year, they made a trade that was hardly noticeable because it was earlier. And they acquired Teddy Sawyer. From the Ottawa Sixty-Sevens, and a lot of play or a lot of fans who, who watch the Western Conference wouldn't have seen much of Teddy Sawyer. One of the things Teddy Sawyer is is mean. He's mean. He's nasty. He's hard to play against, and that's the element they seem to have really pushed all the way through this year, very quietly. But they've picked up more size. They picked up Jackson Stewart from the Kingston Frontenacs. This is a guy who. Is 200 pounds, but uses that frame like a hammer. He just has that build, about six foot, six one, 200 pounds, and he is an absolute hammer. They grab Landon Hookie, who gives them more size. So they become difficult to play against with those moves. The Knights and the Owen Sound Attack are two and two against each other. And in this game that they will play this weekend, they will really set a tone because who knows, could there be a a London-Owen Sound matchup in the playoffs? They just seem to be magnets for each other in certain years. Maybe this is one of those years, but Owen Sound has made themselves a hard out. In the playoffs where, yes, they've got an eye on the future, but as far as now is concerned, they've got a good goaltender in Nick Chouinard. They've got other really good players. Sam Sedley, who's from St. Mary's, is an excellent player, really creates offense. This is a club that has been scary, and I I just kept waiting for them all year to surge. And then you get thinking, maybe that surge really is coming next year. But in the meantime, they're just going to be an ugly opponent night after night after night
1: yeah are they really and just yeah you look up and down their lineup and you know you got to mention names like uh Matthew Pappas you've got to mention Servak Petrovsky like there's there's a, some players that have been around for a couple of years and like you said they didn't they didn't really do anything huge at like the deadline and we saw Ottawa go all in we saw Windsor go all in we saw a lot of moves from Flynn as well and of course London makes the move earlier on in the, the week prior but you know Owen sound is kind of in a good spot where they like, where they, they like their build of their team. They made some moves earlier on to kind of cement things. And now they've been able to spend a little bit more time together and grow. And like you said, they've got a good balance of players on the back end, players up front that can put the puck in the back of the net. You mentioned a handful of players. I mean, Ethan Burroughs alone has 36 points in 40 games this season. You've got a lot of guys hovering around that point per game mark, including Servak Petrovsky. And of course, Kobe Barlow, who is projected to be a top 10 pick in this year's NHL draft is 30 goals in 37 games. He has been just a whirlwind of a player. And then you've got a veteran goaltender you can rely on, as you mentioned in Nick Chouinard. And that's, that's always what you want when you have a goaltender and the London Knights are one of those teams that can attest to this. When you have a veteran goaltender that you can rely on that, you know, can go in each and every game and he's going to give you their best and just a chance to win. It makes for a scary team. And also Owen Sound doesn't like London very much, so whenever they come here, you know that sparks are going to fly, they're going to bring their best, and it's
0: going to be a really good game. It winds up being a good schedule for the Knights, then they get Saturday off, and then it is that rematch with the Kitchener Rangers, who will be hungry, but will be fatigued after a couple of games against Ottawa and Sarnia. So it will be up to the Knights to not take that lightly, not say, hey, we beat this team 7-3, here we go again. This will be a Kitchener team that at that point could realize no, no, we're starting to fight for our playoff lives. For real. So that comes up on Sunday afternoon. And we'll see whether Marcus Vandenberg gets the start in that game. Or Marco Costantini in goal for Kitchener. The London Knights, again, have it nicely spaced out. Where you're not having to worry about who's in, who's out for 3-3. and You can set the lineup how you want to. Should be fun. Kyle, we are out of time for this one. We will recap what happened next week. And then we'll look ahead to a long road trip for the London Knights. They will be heading east. They will be going to Peterborough and then Ottawa and then Kingston in their own tough road trip. The Kingston Frontenacs are a team that traded players like Shane Wright away at the deadline, but when you have them third game in three nights and take a look, they've had that attitude of, oh, oh, you you think we're done because we traded away some star players? Yeah, we'll show you. They've had that look about them. So going to be a tough road trip, and we'll line it up next week.
1: Give me be a tough one. And of course, it's it'll be the first of a couple different road trips with the Tim Hortons Briar coming to London uh later on in March. But that's a ways away. The Knights got to deal with what they have in front of them. You can listen to both games on 980 CFPL. Mike will have the call for you. You can follow along with the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can follow us on social media at Stubbs980 with two B's at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. Couple games should be fun. Go Let's go. Go Knights, go!